sisters and friends. Happy Monday, everybody. Y'all, I'm so excited for today. Y'all are gonna be so excited too because I have one of my friends and mentors, April Rogers, on the podcast today. And if y'all have not heard of her book, Made to Shine, it is 90 day devotions to enjoy and reflect God's light. You gotta go get this book. It will encourage you so much and help you just be the light of the world. And April, I'm just so glad that you're on the podcast because... We had lunch recently. I know. And after having lunch, I was like, everybody needs to hear this conversation. It was, <laughs> it was so, so good. I know. I we know. It was actually our first time to have lunch. Our yeah. husbands have lunch. Yes. Often. They, they have get a to have all the fun. Romance. We shouldn't let them have the fun. No. We were like, what's yeah. happening over there? Why exactly. aren't we going to lunch? <laughs> and so we did. And you just encouraged me so much through that lunch by just listening to my story and like yeah. telling me some of yours. And it was just awesome. It was, it was really fun. a blessing. I know. There's so much to discuss. Like we have a lot to talk about. We too. do have a lot to yeah. talk about. We have a lot to talk about. So um, for those who don't know April, April, um, she helps lead the women's ministry at our church. And she's also in a, a mentor on the Ellis Sister app. Yes. So some of you might know her from that. Like I said, she's written a book. She's done several things. Um, but tell us a little bit about your life. What What's life look like? Your husband, your kids, all the things. Married to a great man named Adams. We have been married almost 22 years. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? I mean, like it has flown by and then we have two beautiful daughters Addie she is 16 and Ella is 13 so my life looks a lot like your life is going to look in the future yes Uh, but it's really so much fun I love being a girl mom and you know dad Adams is a really good girl dad yes he is which is great for Christian to have that influence and I think that's what is cool whenever we went to lunch I was like whoa my life is gonna look a lot like yours one day like Two girls in ministry and all the things. So it was just fun to learn from you. And um, now I'm glad a lot of people are going to get to learn from you. And it was really cool. So I told you this, but just for context, for those who are watching, you know, we took in a lot of just DMs that you guys sent about topics that y'all were struggling through. And someone sent in just the verse of how God takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. And, you know, how can that be true? And so a lot of what April and I are going to talk about is leading us to that, to that uh, verse, to that thought. Um, But before we get there, which I'm excited to get there, I want to know how you and Adams met because you shared this with me and I love this story. (laughs) And girls out there love a good meeting story. It is a dramatic love story. We do not have that much time to go into the whole thing. But Adams, and I actually went to college together and we were not boyfriend girlfriend we were mainly just friends because he was dating a sorority sister of mine I was dating a fraternity brother of his and so it was like (laughs) off limits I forgot that part of the drama there's so much to this story I forgot even that part but I was in sociology 101 and I walked in and I saw this guy and I was like oh he is so cute I need to know more about him. So I found out that he was a drummer and I found out what fraternity he was in. But then I started to find out that it wasn't going to work while we were in college. But we had the same major. So we had all of our classes together and we were in these study groups. And he, since he was a drummer, he would have like those little hands happen all the time. And I was like, 
want to throw him out constantly. <laughs> but I love that because awesome. our relationship was built on friendship first, cool. which is really a great foundation to build a marriage upon in the future. Cool. But um, as time progressed, I stayed here and I was in financial planning and I thought that I would do that for the rest of my life. I was being groomed to mm-hmm. take over my father's business, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, Adams was in retail management and he was up in Nashville and I was in Monroe and we start to date long distance because after we graduated, we we're like, hmm, well, maybe this will work out now. So we'll we'll start talking on the phone. And he would call me every day oh to God. check on his IRA investments. No. <laughs> it was like he would call me on the little 800, 800 number and he would say, how are my investments doing today? Did I go up? You know, did my stocks go up? And it was like $2,000, Sadie. I mean, there was nothing in there. Um, But as time (laughs) progressed, we said, okay, well, let's just see if this will work out. So we start dating long distance, Nashville, Monroe, Louisiana. We say, okay, well, it would be good if we could get closer geographically. Well, I found out that I could move to Atlanta and Atlanta was only three yeah, hours away bad. from Nashville, not, not far. And um, and I took a job there and I was like, this is going to be great. And as soon as I got moved in to my new apartment, he gets transferred to San Diego. So crazy. It's so like, crazy. Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. So now not only are we like a country apart, but now we're three time zones Dang. different. And I just remember he would call me and it would be like, seven o'clock his time and 10 o'clock my time. And I had to get up and go to work the Gosh. next day. And he wanted to talk on the phone forever. Did you ever think during this time it wasn't going to work out? Or were oh, you yeah. like, okay. Yeah, I was like, I mean, should I start dating other people? Yeah. Should he, you know, but the Lord just kept bringing us back together and back mm-hmm. together. And I, and I had mentioned that he found the Lord whenever he was in Nashville. Oh, wow. Some, a group of guys led him so cool. to the Lord. So he was a new believer, but I knew that I wanted somebody who was pursuing mm-hmm. a relationship with the Lord because the Lord had already pursued him. Yeah. You know, but I wanted somebody who was actively trying to have that relationship mm-hmm. with Christ and Adams was at yeah. that point cool. in time. And so as we dated like that for a year, I kept telling my employer, I was like, I've got to get to the West Coast. I've got to get over there. And they're like, well, we can get you to Dallas, but we can't get you all the way to California. I was like, that's not going to do. So I start interviewing with a money management firm over there. Great job. Overlooking the Bay in San Diego. I'm going in for my final interview. And he's like, hey, I got transferred to Phoenix, Arizona. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is the worst. Yes. This is just the worst. Like right when you're actually getting excited about moving. I know. Gosh. But we had already planned to have the U-Haul come and like take me out. And so literally I got online, found an apartment in Phoenix, Arizona, started putting my resume out. We have to drive the U-Haul to Phoenix he unloads it at my new apartment, but he has to keep driving it to San Diego oh to turn gosh. it in. That so then is that way crazy. he he wouldn't get dinged on the money. Oh my gosh. So then So and how long of a time period was all that? Well, that was about three years. Wow. Yeah. Y'all dated long distance for three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the people out there dating long distance, any advice that you have? 
hang in there. Yeah. You know? And now technology is so good. Yeah, you, know, true. you can see each other on FaceTime. I mean, back then, we just had phones. Yeah. And, you know, email. Yeah, email. That's <laughs> so awesome. So y'all get to Phoenix. And then shortly after. Yeah, shortly after we got engaged. And um, and then after we got engaged, my my employer at Merrill Lynch kept trying to hire him. And he was like, no, nah, I'm okay with my job. But because we knew we wanted to eventually get back to Monroe, it the Lord worked it out that the manager over here had a meeting in Phoenix. He interviews Adams, hires him on the spot. So and so awesome. we got married, went on our honeymoon, came back, packed up our apartments, drove the U-Hauls back to Monroe, Louisiana, and he started work at Maryland. Gosh, that is yeah. crazy. So oh, at the wow. time, were you still working I was, yeah. that job too? Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. And y'all lived in Monroe. Gosh, that's y'all's story is so cool and so crazy. Yeah. And I love it because it's true. Like if you know that if God keeps drawing you to the same person, if you know it's yes. the right thing, and whether that's a person or a job or something you're working towards, like mm-hmm. it's so important to stay with it. And so many of us yeah. just like give up so soon or we think, oh, because this doesn't make sense, it must not be God. But right. you, but I've found a lot of times it's the thing that doesn't make sense. It normally is God. That's right. You know? that's right. <laughs> it normally yeah. is like, oh, okay. Yeah, and there's something God's teaching you in that. And then there's sometimes where it's clear, okay, this actually you know, we're long distance and there's more problems in the distance. Right. And this is yeah. actually just not supposed to be. But I love it. And like story. I said, had we not had those years of friendship mm-hmm. that we built upon, we probably wouldn't have made it. Yeah. You know, but true. because we knew each other for four years, it's true. We had studied together, we had had pretty much all our classes together. We had that, yeah. that ability to build upon it. That's cool. Okay, so y'all moved back to Monroe, and then shortly after, um, your family went through a big tragedy. We did. And so tell us a little bit about that. So Adams and I had not even been married a year whenever my brother was going to come stay with us for the weekend. My my parents were going to go on a vacation, and we were really excited about it. My, my family was wonderful. Like, we grew up— um, I don't I wouldn't say the perfect family, but we just really enjoyed spending time together. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't like really give us a bunch of gifts growing up, but they made sure that we went on family vacations. And I love that because we have all of these memories yeah. together. So I loved it that my brother Jeremy was gonna come stay with us for the weekend and I had all these big plans and it was a Friday mm-hmm. afternoon. And I kept calling him on the phone and I couldn't get through to him. And I wasn't that worried initially, Sadie, because it was like, he's a kid. He's, you know, young and and he's going to call me back whenever Mm -hmm. he wants to. Um, But then as the night started going on, I started to kind of get that little Mm -hmm. feeling in the pit of my stomach, like maybe something is wrong. And then we got a phone call and the person on the other end of the line said, you need to go to the hospital immediately. Your brother's been in a bad car accident. Mm. And so at that point, I had hope, you know, and I remember jumping in the truck and Adams was driving as fast as he could up to the hospital and I had been given medical release. So I run into that hospital and I'm waving that paper around, like do whatever you have to do mm-hmm. to save his life. 
And they took us into this room. My sister was at the hospital as well. Mm -hmm. Like I said, my parents were out of town, so it was just us. It was Adams and Julia and myself. And um, they took us into this room, and it's a room that you never want to be in. And it was there that I was told that my beautiful, hilarious, larger-than-life brother was dead. Wow. I remember thinking, like, like, there was no hope. The, yeah. It was just final. There was nothing mm-hmm. that could be done. Mm-hmm. And um, the days that followed were dark, mm-hmm. really dark, really mm-hmm. dark for our whole entire family. The, it, through the generosity of other people, they sent a plane to get my parents and they were able wow. to come home that night. Um, but wow. there were so many stories, even in the darkness, there were stories with little glimmers of light. Mm. So, for instance, people would come and they would say, Jeremy witnessed to me on the playground at Lee Junior High. Wow. You know, and and it was all these different little things. And he had he had a journal that he kept of sermons that he was going to preach. No way. You know, so we always said that he would have been the one to have been that person. Um, But then he was gone. And then what do you do with that? Yeah. And so for me, after that time, you know, I had a I had a spiritual father who really was faithful to walk me through mm-hmm. that season of darkness. And then as I was able to make it out onto the other side, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I want my life to count for something. Mm-hmm. And I it woke me up, Sadie. It was like I wanted to be more eternally minded. Wow. I didn't want my life just to pass me by and mm. I didn't point anybody to Christ. Yeah. You know, I didn't lead somebody yeah. to him like Jeremy had wanted to do. And I found myself emboldened wow. to want to talk about Jesus and wow. to talk about my faith. Whereas I might not have yeah. had he not passed away. Yeah. And so as I started to to wake up, as mm-hmm. I said, it birthed in me this desire to want to do something ministry related. Wow. That's so, so here cool. we are. That's, all these that's years later. crazy. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I was just a kid when that happened, but I remember knowing about it because it was a really big deal in right. our community whenever that happened. So I know that was such a dark thing that y'all walked through, but I remember being at lunch with you and, um, you mentioned it and then you said, you know, I really felt like, when he passed away, I really was like, I, I want to be more like that. I want to be more right. ministry minded. Maybe, maybe I could do something like that. And I just found it like so interesting that his passing like really changed a lot of your hopes and dreams because yeah. you were sharing with me some of your hopes before and then after. Right. So can you talk a little bit about before he passed away, like what you thought the dream life would be, oh, yeah. and then as <laughs> compared to yeah. maybe after? Yeah, I mean, so like I said, I was being groomed to be that financial advisor. Um, and so I wanted the corner office and, you know, I thought I was going to wear my suit, mm-hmm. you know, every day and, and be that person. I was not cut up for that job. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go yeah. on the record as saying that, you know, I, I probably could have done it. Um, but my husband ended up doing it. He's so much better than yeah. I ever could have been. And the Lord already knew that. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting that's too. Cool. Because the Lord set it up. That's cool. For it to kind of switch and for Adams to have that career in financial planning and for me to let all that go. Yeah. Is that hard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like that that is hard. Like some people, 
you know, you feel like you're entitled to have like the thing that you worked so hard yeah. for for so long for. And then sometimes God will just pivot mm-hmm. that plan. And so how yeah. how was that pivot for you? Like, I mean, it is beautiful now looking back, yeah. but at the time, like letting Adams kind of take that and you starting to transition into the unknown future. Well, it's interesting because the Lord did that. Like he pretty much moved me out of that space so that I would be set up to start to go down the path of ministry because I, it really wasn't until Addie was born, my first daughter was born, that I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and work part-time. Well, then I was trying to find a suitable daycare for her and nobody would take her, you know, like they were all yeah. full. And then I tried to find a nanny and then like everybody kept falling through the cracks. And so Adam hard. said, well, why don't you think about staying at home with her? And I'm like, no, like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> why would I do that? You know, like, no. Um, and I remember being at a conference and I could I could feel the Lord just pressing upon my heart. Okay, just try it. Just trust me. Trust wow. me and see wow. if if I won't do this for you. And so I did. So I I decided I was going to stay at cool. home with Addie. And it was during that time that I started teaching Bible study wow. because I couldn't find anybody to lead a Bible study yeah. for me. And this woman said, you do it. God put it on your heart and you can you can do this. April. Wow. And it was that one act of obedience that set off this whole chain reaction that's still going on today. Gosh, that's so cool. That, crazy? that is crazy. I, I love that so much. And yeah. I love that, you know, I think that sometimes we think when one thing goes wrong, like, oh, the whole plan's ruined. Yeah. But like just remembering that God's not surprised by that thing going wrong. And, you know, sometimes we think that time is like, you know, time waiting is time wasted, but time waiting is not time wasted. And like, if the Lord's asking you to take care of your kids for a season, you might be like, well, if I stay home, then how am I going to do this ministry? But if the Lord's asking, then like he has something in that time that Yes. The Bible study that who knew that was going to be it. But you um, you are so good at speaking into the waiting season. Yeah. We just recently had uh, Cultivate LA mm-hmm. that my sister puts on. And Amazing. you hosted, it was so good. Was. You hosted a prayer for the waiting. And yeah. it was so good. I just thought like, man, so many people need that prayer over their life. But also just to hear someone that has had to wait and is now on the other side of waiting. And so speak some truth into the waiting seasons of life because you've had a couple in your lifetime. So whenever you said about the waiting, it's something that we do, but it's not, it's not just sitting back and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we think in the waiting, we're just going to sit here and we're just going to twiddle our thumbs, but we're not. It's an active verb. Mm -hmm. To wait is to entwine ourselves to God. And whenever we wait like that Mm -hmm. and we wait expectantly for him to do Mm -hmm. something that he has promised that he's going to do for Mm -hmm. us it's then that it's not just okay well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wait and see if this turns out Mm -hmm. no it's like expectantly waiting praying for the lord to show up and to be the promise keeper that we know him to be okay so different seasons of waiting waiting on mr right you know what if you are waiting on the Lord to bring your Mr. Right mm-hmm. and you've been waiting forever? Well, maybe it's that the Lord wants you to find your full satisfaction in Him. Yeah, that's first, good. You know, and no man can 
feel the shoes of Christ. It's good. You know, so we have to learn to put our full satisfaction in Him first. And as we entwine our hearts to His, it's then that we'll say, like, Mr. Wright yeah. probably will yeah. come along. Yeah, it's so true. And it, it normally is the moment when you hear people say, the minute I said I I'm done, that's my story. And then yeah. the next day yeah. or that next yeah. month, whatever. I that's know. so cool. Then you met him. Uh, but for me, where the Lord really taught me this lesson was through three years of infertility. Mm. It's interesting because I, I said three earlier, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was three years of infertility, too. Yeah. Wow. Um that's 36 months hmm. of hoping and praying yeah. that you're going to be pregnant. 36 months of having a negative pregnancy test. Hmm. 36 months of showing up to somebody else's baby shower mm-hmm. and having to sip the punch yep. and ooh and odd so all the little hard. onesies and act like, you know, you're you're not heartbroken because you want that baby yeah, yeah. in your arms. And I just remember crying out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord. You put this dream inside of my heart. Mm-hmm. If you're, if if you don't want me to be a mother, I need you to take this from yeah. me. I need you to t- just to take it away. And I can remember him saying to me, and he, you know, he was speaking through his word, yeah, through Psalm thirty-seven, where he said, "I will give you the desires of your heart, but you're going to learn what it means to delight yourself in me first, April." Wow. And he, what he wanted me to know is like. If he did give me that desire without me learning to delight myself in him, would I have turned that baby into an idol? Mm, like, wow. would I have worshipped her? Wow. Or would I, if I'd learned how to delight myself in him, then I, w- you know, I yeah. wouldn't be That's as good. tempted to do that. Yeah. Um, it was a hard and a painful lesson to mm-hmm. learn, but I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. Because now I try to view things through that lens of he is a promise keeper. He is a good God. He does not leave his children mm-hmm. in the dark, but he also wants us to delight in him. It's and true. when we do that, then those desires do come because desires aren't bad. Yeah. You know, like he puts it's those good. desires for a godly husband, for children, for yeah. a job promotion, for a big hope or a dream that we have yep. inside of our lives. He puts that there. Yeah. But he wants he wants us to know that he is our ultimate delight. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's so good. I love how you said that. Like, if I wouldn't have learned to delight myself in him, would she have become an idol? And that's yeah. so true. Like, desires yeah. are a good thing. But when desires become idols in our life or desires become over God himself as the delight of our life, that's whenever it yeah. does not go right. good. Right. And People get hurt. You get hurt. You will not, like you said, like he, a man will not be able to fill the shoes and the expectations that you have that you really just need to find in Christ first. And so, gosh, that is such a good way of saying that. And I love how you said waiting is not just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. I think that sometimes we think of waiting as like literally a waiting room. Like when you're waiting for the doctor and you're like, oh, this is so boring. Like it's scroll, just waste my time. (laughs) It's like waiting. It's like, no, waiting is not like a waiting room with God. Like waiting is working in the waiting. It's being intertwined by God. You're learning stuff in the waiting. I was just talking to a friend about how I'm reading this book and I was like, I don't really know if I could tell you anything like I've learned from this book because 
it's so far over my head that I don't know if I could repeat it to you, but I know I am getting stuff because of just, um, because in conversation stuff will come out and I'll be like, oh, I've read that in that book. Oh. And I don't even realize because I couldn't form a beautiful sentence of what I'm learning, but the maturity in me is growing. Yeah. The knowledge in my mind is growing. And sometimes it's like that in seasons with God. It's like, yeah. I can't tell you exactly what is happening, but I can tell you that I'm growing in it. That's I can right. tell you that I'm intertwined by God, with God in it. And I think back to your ministry comment of, you felt like the Lord is calling you to ministry. And then God's also saying, stay home with your baby. Well, how do those two go hand in hand? Yeah. You're entering like a waiting season, but it's still in the midst of it, you started a Bible study and you were being intertwined. You were still working. And I think for me, like sometimes people ask me the question, well, they'll be like, Sadie, I want to do what you're doing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to be waiting because, yeah. you know, you don't just wait. And all of a sudden, because what what do you think I do? Because if, if ministry to you is a platform, are you waiting for a stage? Right. Are you waiting for a book deal? Mm -hmm. Are you waiting for this? Or if ministry to you is sharing the gospel, then yeah. you are, you should do that now. Amen. Like, and I hope what you see me doing is that, you know, yeah. it's not just podcasting or writing or whatever. That is an overflow of, of what's of the platform that I'm using to do what I'm really doing and bringing right. people the hope of Jesus and the confidence in who God is and who they are in Him. And so talk to me a little bit about just the idea of doing ministry um, and what that looks like to start and kind of what it looks like now. Because I think people think ministry is like, yeah. This platform right. when I think ministry is just so much bigger than that. I know. I know. Ministry, yes, it, it takes time to build it, but it also takes maturity. Mm -hmm. And that's the word that you used is that you started to feel this maturity mm -hmm. start to come and rest inside of you. And then you could dispense that mm -hmm. out into other people. And, you know, like people will say to me something like, oh, you're so wise or, you know, something like that. Well, that's because I walked with the wise. I mean, like, yeah, Proverbs says that if you want to be wise, you walk with the wise. That's good. And, you know, being able to mentor is because so many people have poured into me. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you're in a season of waiting in ministry, like find you some mentors, yeah. find you somebody to talk to you and speak the truth into mm -hmm. you and then pour into the scriptures for yourself and so you can start a bible study yeah you can you can do retreat ministry you can do all of these different things you know so i it wasn't like somebody just knocked on my door and said hey write a devotional for yeah. us or write a bible study i mean i i had the lord first had to mature that inside yeah. of me and then i was able to say okay well my next step is to go to seminary mm -hmm. and then i did go to seminary and with then two kids with two <laughs> little bit of kids. little kids and it was doable though you know like the lord made a way for me to do it so I graduate with my master's of theological studies well there's no job waiting for me on the other <laughs> side of that so what's the next step well the next step is to keep walking in obedience and start to put out devotionals on a blog or you know in a video or different things and as i'm doing that i'm still serving locally yeah and i'm still leading women right to the cross yes you know and i think that that's such a important part because people overlook the ministry that's right in front it's so of their true. faces, you know, so and true. you know about the retreat ministry that we've been able to oh, yeah. to cultivate here in Northeast Louisiana. And how beautiful has that, I would have missed it yeah. if I would have been so hyper-focused 
on doing ministry like what you're doing. You know what I mean? So So you have to be obedient to where the Lord has put you for that season. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to increase that for you as you go. So true. It's so true because different people are called to different people. You know, I mean, we're all called to love God and to love people. And those are the people that are in front of us. And I'm not saying just because I have um, a platform that reaches a little bit broader, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't still be very aware of the people right in front of my eyes. And I'm still called to that and and vice versa but i do think it is so cool that you're just like i'm not gonna miss what's right in front of me and to be honest like the retreat ministry that we have here has literally changed me and christian's lives both of us and our marriage and transformed us and so i'm like if if people were not obedient to the call of local ministry then i would not be who i am today then my husband would not be our marriage would not be what it is today and you know um same for me if i'm not obedient to the call that god's called me to do on um uh global level, then there are people who wouldn't be touched by the message. And so you really do have to be obedient to what God's saying. And if that's five people in your dorm room, then that's five people in your dorm room. Watch it multiply, you know? If it's a hundred people in your church ministry, it's a hundred people. Yeah. Or if it, if if you are in the financial planner that you did go that route, who's in your office, you know? Yeah. And so I just love that you know don't just look at ministry as a job title. It's it's so much bigger than yeah. that. It's 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 a calling on on your life as a follower of Christ. Yeah. Um, for everybody, and so. I just, I love that. And your story is just so cool. And so you did write a book. What did the process of starting to write the devotional book look like? You said no one was knocking on your door saying, write this book. How did that happen? Well, it's funny because I was in seminary. And so I was writing paper after paper after paper for a professor. And I was writing for a man. And I was like, I do not want to write for a man. I want to write. And and I also went into seminary very naively because I thought we were just going to take tests about Jesus and, you know, learn about learn yes. about him. And it is writing 20-page papers in yeah. Turabian format. It's a lot of work. Um, so I said, you know what, Lord, I want to do something for you. And this is back when blogging was a thing. And everybody and their sister had a blog. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start a blog. You know, I love it. I love it. I just want to do this. And so every Wednesday, I would just put out a little piece of light and a little piece of hope. It's good. And I just kept doing that consistently over and over and over again. Well, then the radio session picked it up and then they said, okay, well, we want you to come in and start to put this out on the airwaves. I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. And then the next thing I know, I had a whole thing and then Dayspring said, Okay, well, we're going to put it wow, into a book for you. That's know, so, so cool. It was just acting in obedience yes. again, just taking a step. And, and using what you have. Like yes. I always say, like you need a lot less than you think you need to do the thing that God's put in your Absolutely. heart to do. You really just need faith and you need obedience, you that's know? Good. And I think if you have those two things, if you have the faith to believe that God can do what he says he can do and you have the obedience to follow and wake up every day and work towards it, I mean, that's really what you need. That's I mean, right. I think about your story at Ann Voss Camp is a similar story. Yes. You started blogging and then next yeah. thing you know, here it is. And then um, I just had someone on the podcast, Katie Davis. Um, she is Kisses from Katie girl. She adopted like 13 girls in Uganda. She moved there wow. when she was 18 years old, had 13 girls by the time she was 23, got married over there. Crazy story. But the reason she is known is because she started a blog yeah. and then people just started following it. People started yeah. listening and you just use what you have you know um and if you if it truly is who you are then it will last if you're building a platform 
that's on something that is not who you are and authentic to who you are, it will fall. As soon as I always say, it's like building your foundation on your makeup foundation. Yeah. Like your makeup foundation, it will crack. It will <laughs> get terrible. a little like, dewy. It will get yeah. all kinds of messed right. up. I probably need some powder right now because that foundation just doesn't last because it's a fake mm. foundation. That's not the real color of my skin. It makes my skin look good, but it's not me. But if I build a foundation on who I really am, yeah. then that that lasts. But not even that. I got to build a foundation on who God is yeah. because I'm shaky. I'm wavering. And so I just, I love your story. And, you know, we talked about how we we're going to go to the verse because, you know, you've had things in your life that are really hard. Yeah. I mean, we're just touching on some high level things like your brother passing away, mm-hmm. waiting for a baby. You're currently walking through a health yes. situation that's yeah. been really hard. Yeah. Um, so taking that verse of, you know, what the enemy meant for evil got turned for good. How do you find truth in that whenever life is hard? And I think, you know, hearing your story, you can see yeah. the truth in it because you see the good. How did you get made to shine, you know, and all this hope from hard right. things? Um, you know, you see that, but can you kind of, let's go a little bit deeper into that verse. Yeah, and I think uh, you and I both love light. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about the light of Christ all the time. And um, it's hard to find the light when days are really dark, mm-hmm. right? And whenever you're walking through that valley of the shadow of death, there's a shadow, but the shadow means that the light is right around the corner. So as we have these things that happen to us, we're gonna we're gonna have things that cause us to be in the dark, whether it is from external circumstances, which would be like losing a brother or having a health scare or having things that happen to us and it's by no fault of our own, or we're gonna have internal things, which would be sin or just making poor decisions mm-hmm. and having natural consequences that yeah. happen because of that. Both of those can lead us to a place of darkness. Mm-hmm. But if we can, number one, if we're in that because of the sin, then we repent and we turn towards the light. Yeah. Um, follow Christ, or if we're just walking through a, a bad season, mm-hmm. how do we find the light in that? And how do we know that God is still good? And what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for mm-hmm. our good. And it goes back to me to trust. Mm-hmm. Like, Sadie, that's it. Like, it, yep. trust. Do, do I trust that He is for me or He is against me? Wow. Is He trustworthy? And I had to come to that place. Like I had to understand that just because Jeremy is no longer on this earth, it doesn't mean that A, I'm not going to see him again, or B, that God wants me to stop living. Yeah, He didn't want me to stop living. He wanted me yeah. to pick up that mantle and to go and to do the things. And so I love I love the verse. Can I, can I read it? Please do. Yes. Okay. Because I think it applies to my ministry and to your ministry. And it says, you intended to harm me. This is Joseph who's Mm -hmm. talking about how his brothers had intended to harm him. Mm -hmm. Um, And the brothers come and they're asking for forgiveness at the end. And it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So good. And I think about that. I think about you and I think about your boldness to go into prisons and to preach the gospel and to have a big conference and to make a bold ask who wants to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then we're baptizing so many different people. And I think about for me as well, like, what the enemy meant for evil, 
God turned it around for good, and it was for the saving of lives. It's good, yeah. So then that way, these other people could hear about hope yeah. and about light. It's good. And then that way, they could come to it, to that other side, it's you good. know? So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, like, I, I don't I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know if he is for me mm-hmm. in this situation, you got to go back to trust. Is he yeah. trustworthy? Who does God say that he is? If you don't know, then you got to dig into his word yeah. and you got to find out. Good. And you mentioned um, my health. Recently, um, the Lord led me to have an elective mastectomy. And it was really like one of those things. It's mm. like, wow, like this yeah. is going to be hard. Yeah. And it has been. Um, but my cancer had my my chances for breast cancer had risen substantially my my mom's a breast cancer survivor the lord has healed her and mm. she's whole um but i thought for my future for my husband for my girls it was important for me to believe the lord was leading me to do this yeah and had i not trusted him through this whole process it would have been easy in those weeks of recovery just to say like Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, I have made a huge mistake, and th- there were some nights that I was probably like, well, yeah. like "What have I done?" But I trust him. Like, yeah, I trust him so completely, and he's dropped little stories throughout the whole recovery, hmm. showing me I-, I-, I led you to this, and wow. I'm going to get you through it. It's cool. And so, whatever it is, whatever somebody's dealing with, yeah. You have to know that you can trust your Savior and that He's on the other side. If there's a shadow, there's light right Come around the corner. Come on, girl. She's going to preach. I love that so much. <laughs> well, I just think you said it earlier that you wanted an eternal perspective. And I yeah. think that part of that trust is knowing that God sees things from an eternal view and not just this temporary view that we see them in. And truly, like with Joseph's story, I— at one point of the story, it looks just horrible. Yeah. Then the next point of the story, it looks just horrible. Then the next point, it's just horrible. I mean, he goes from being thrown into a pit by his brothers, saying that he's dead, sold into slavery. He's now in, um, you know, Potiphar's house and gets uh, accused of doing yeah. something he didn't do falsely. He's misunderstood. He goes to prison for years. And somebody's like, well, this is horrible. But then you give it time, you know, and look at what the Lord did and how God was actually getting him into a position where he's second in command and has this authority and is able to um, help them literally not go through the famine that they would have had to or as they did kind of provide for them. And so it's like, whoa, you can see it through that. But do you think Joseph could have seen it when he's sitting there in the prison cell? Like that would have been hard. But but as time goes on, like he began to see, but what Joseph is really cool. Cause he really did. Like it says in all that he did that the Lord made him successful. Like yeah. in every season, like even the hard ones, mm-hmm. like God still was there. God was still doing something in it. God was still working in that waiting. And yeah. then you look at your story and, and some of these situations, it just, you said when your brother died, it seemed hopeless. Like, yeah, it was dark, you know, and, and right. moments of waiting as you're sipping that punch that doesn't taste too sweet <laughs> in the moment. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, making your but, stomach hurt. <laughs> yes. But then you look at it later and you're like, but look at what God did. And, and in some stories, it doesn't always turn out to where on this side we see the good come. I mean, even in uh, Hebrews 11, where it talks about all these people of faith and it says, yeah. and all these people went on. To, to pass away without getting all that they had promised. But then it says, for God 
had something better in mind for them that was to come, eternity, right? right? It says he wasn't ashamed to be their God because he knows he's trustworthy. He's like, right. I know what's coming. Like, it's so good. I promise yeah. eternal life and, and it's with me and it's so good. And so I think sometimes like we have to know that God's perspective is just different than ours and like trusting that he really does have our future yes. and it really is good. And whether the future is tomorrow or the future is eternity, like right. thank God we have a hope of eternity because without the hope of Jesus, what do you have to That's hope right. in? What other That's option right. is there and that the world's giving us? I haven't heard right. of a good one. Uh-uh. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's that. But, I mean, the gospel, it's, that is the good news. And so yes. it's so good. Well, your story is beautiful and seeing where God's taking you and what you're doing. And, I mean, you're just getting started on putting so much out that people can get excited about. I know you have a podcast, so okay. share with everybody your podcast. Okay. It's um, called The Reflecting Light Show, and you can find it on YouTube or you can search for it under April Rogers. Awesome. And um, I'm R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Awesome. Y'all go check it out. She also has the Made to Shine devotional book Mm -hmm. and more projects on the way. So it's just a blessing to get to learn from you, April. And I'm glad that all of you are going to get to learn from her story too. And I'm sure that so many of you can relate to just a lot of things that she's talking about, whether in the past you went through something hard or you're currently walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I love how she said, if there's a shadow, there is light. And there's just so much hope in that. And notice in each part of her story that even in the hard parts, there are glimmers of light that were sprinkled into the darkness. And so I just pray that you would have eyes to see that um, in the midst of dark seasons, that you would have the eyes to see the glimmers of hope and the glimmers of light that God might be doing. And that might be you having to shift your perspective a little bit in this moment, but just believing that for you all. And I hope that you have a fantastic week. I hope that this strengthens you in your walk with Christ. And again, we're just so grateful, April, that you came on the podcast. Thank you for having me.